Turn in your Bibles, if you would please, Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3. We've been studying throughout the month the church, the founding of the church, the building of the church, the uh, propagation of the church, the power of the church, the purpose of the church. And today is the last week in the, the emphasis on the church. I think so goes the church, so goes the nation. I think our reason our nation's in a mess because our churches have failed to stand for truth and uh, we've allowed the left, the middle, and everybody else to change the culture in America. I'd hate to be moving into America trying to adapt the American culture because they don't know what it is anymore. Amen. Amen. We are a cross-cultural society. And uh, I think most of that's the church's fault. Preachers, weak-kneed, panty-laced individuals scared for their job, preaching for money instead of the Lord. And... and, uh, I think uh, the church has a great purpose on the earth. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. And before he gets into any kind of detail, he says, I want to encourage you and let you know that I'm praying for you. Watch, listen, and be sensitive to the prayer as Paul prays in chapter 3. And verse 14, different kind of praying. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now there, you find the bending of the knee, significant of bending the heart, significant of humbling himself before God Almighty. The Bible said, of whom the whole family in earth and heaven and earth is named. He said, I'm praying that uh, he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. How long has it been since you prayed for spiritual strength for your mate? Most men are praying that they join the gym. Praying for the interman. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye been rooted and grounded in love. Well, that's the way to pray. He said, I'm praying that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ. Do we really comprehend the length, and the breadth, and the height, and the depth, of how much Christ loves us. 
and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Just turn to each other and ask this question. What are you full of? Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus like I and Brother Andrew should be praying for you. Not for physical strength, but for spiritual strength. For love that passeth all understanding that we might be able to comprehend within this finite mind the length, the breadth, the height, and depth of the love that would cause God to send His only begotten Son to extend Himself on the cross voluntarily and there to give His life a ransom for us. Oh, we need to change our praying. Now, Since I prayed, Paul said, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, now watch this, that worketh someplace. Working in us. Don't tell me you can't quit what you're doing. Don't tell me you can't start doing what he wants you to do. Don't tell me you can't control your tongue. Don't tell me you can't quit the habit that now you've become addicted to. Power, power, wonder working power. There's power in the blood. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church. You say, I can bring glory to God at home. No, you can't. You can bring glory to yourself. God has chosen one place on this earth, one entity, one institution on this earth through which his son receives glory. It's not your living room. It's not your bedroom. It's not your bank. It's his church. Unto him be glory. In the church. How long? Throughout all ages. World without end. And then he said, let's just close her out right there. Lest somebody tries to come up with something new. Amen. Well, are you having a good time yet? 
Psalms 8 and verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who hath set thy glory above the heavens. His glory in the English, it means great honor, adoration, great splendor or to exalt. In the English language, God has set his honor, his adoration, his splendor above all that there is in heaven. When you come to the streets of gold, they must be splendorous. To see the gates of pearl and the walls of jasper, the rainbow that crowns the head of our Lord, it must be absolutely wonderful and splendor. But uh, there's something that's more splendor and more wonderful and more great than all of that. It's his glory. His beauty. In the Greek, the word is doxai. The word we get doxology from. And it means honor, praise, and worship. Unto him be praise. Unto him be honor. And unto him be worship in the church. Throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Why do you mow the yards? For his glory. Why do I pick up trash when there's nobody else around and there's trash in the yard for his glory? Why do I think that the grounds of his church should be more splendorous and cleaner and neater than any place else in all the community? Because that's where he gets his glory. Why do I dress a certain way when I come to church? God knows I ought to dress as well to church as they make you dress down at the country club. God knows if I'm going to meet the president, I ought to dress accordingly when I'm going to meet the king. God knows if we're going to do anything up, he ought to be in the church, not down. Why? Because unto him be glory in the church. If you give one dime to buy wrestling jackets for mosquitoes, you ought to give it through your church because that's where he gets glory. That went over like a pregnant pole vaulter. <laughs> if I give Brother Sean a dollar, I'm blessed. He's blessed. But God is not. But I give a dollar to the church and say that's for Brother Sean then somebody else gets the glory and we get blessed. 
I just thought maybe I'd drop by today to talk to you about what we're doing here as a church. Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. Why are you here? For his glory. Why do you and I exist today? For his glory. Now, if your daddy was a buzzard and you were hatched, you have nothing to worry about. But if you were born through the natural cause God created, you're here because of the mighty hand of God. And we are here, Isaiah 43, 7, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. I am not the process of evolution. Some folk act like it. But my daddy was not a baboon. He was not amoeba floating around in water. Oh, where'd the water come from? Oh, by the way, where'd the amoeba come from? You say, well, it was a result of the Big Bang. Who lit the firecracker? It's an amazing thing to me. Isaiah 42, 8, the Bible says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31, And whatsoever... Therefore ye eat or drink, and whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. If it don't bring glory to God, don't do it. If it don't bring glory to God, don't go there. If it don't bring glory to God, don't watch it. If it don't bring glory to God, don't say it. If it don't bring glory to God, don't think it. And whatsoever, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Have you, have you got maybe the inkling idea that I'm going to talk about God's glory? Could I please share with you that God is serious about his glory? I turn with me, if you would please, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 12 in your Bible, please. It is so important that we get this down today. Folks, 
call me, they, they talk, they ask me, preacher, how did you, how did you do what you've done over these 31 years from the front yard, uh, the porch of your house with just a few folk with no money, no support, nobody, how has all this come to pass? And I say, I have no earthly idea. Everybody's telling you how to do everything in the world, from how to please your wife to how to raise your kids, how to build a business, how to be financially secure. I'm not sure if we don't get God in on it, it's not to be a success anyhow. If you and your wife are trying to have a harmonious, God-honoring relationship, the best thing you can do is get out of it and get God in it. And let him be the boss. And then when he does a good job, don't walk around bragging and making uh, YouTube videos on how you now have a successful situation. I watched last night, I, I don't know why I watched these educational programs. I watched a, a deal last night on homesteading. I, I guess Ginger wants me to learn how to be self-surviving. She's probably going to leave me. <laughs> and this homesteader <clears throat> had made 450 YouTube videos on how to raise animals on a homestead. And they were starving to death because they wouldn't eat the animals. In other words, he was going broke. His family was dying of starvation. And he's telling everybody else in the world how to raise animals. Ain't that what we eat? I told my wife, I said, you watch, somebody's going to learn how to skin a rabbit pretty quick. <laughs> and you're right, it wasn't long until mama had her a knife skinning a rabbit. That's a dumb situation. <laughs> Acts chapter number 12, please. And we're just going to go right now in a minute. Verse 1, now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Jump down, if you would, please, to about verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. 
I bet he is telling them, look what a great and powerful king I am. And the people gave a shout saying, it is the voice of God and not of a man. And immediately, the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Do you think maybe that's what's wrong with America? That we've dressed ourselves in our royal self-sufficient robes of humanism, sent our kids off to the communist and social clinics of America called universities and colleges, and we've indoctrinated our society with they ain't no God, and we're all there is. And God is not satisfied with us getting the glory. Just thought I'd pitch that out. I know it don't sound good. First Peter 5 and 10. But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Called, called by God unto his eternal glory. We're called to give God glory for what he does and what he's done and what he's doing in our lives. First Peter 5 and 11, unto him be glory and dominion forever. And ever, amen. I wonder, why does the church exist? Could it be to bring glory to God? Why are you here? Well, it's Sunday. Wrong reason. Why did you come today? The kid said, Mom and Daddy made me. I've got a drug problem. My folks are drugging me to church every week. Why do you think you can miss when you want to? The church as I see it, is to bring glory to God. It does not exist for any other reason. Everything else is secondary. It exists to bring glory to God. I think maybe we've set the wrong standard. If I were to call five pastors today and say, how was the service yesterday? I'll bet you they would answer me in nickels and noses. We had 500 in service and a $2 offering. 
I think we have set the wrong standard. You say, well, boy, God has really blessed Joshua Baptist Church to start with just a handful of folks, maybe 10 or 11 folks in my front yard with my wife and I was so broke, we didn't need a co-signer to pay cash. I had no job, had no income. My wife had prayed me out of meetings and evangelism in my front yard. My wife and I, we were broke, jobless, and brainless. I mean, not brainless. Hopeless, I guess. I ask you today, Man, look how the congregation has grown. They say Brother Wolfenbarger is a church builder. No, he's not. He's a church splitter. Let me ask you something. Just because our membership now is right at 2,000, Does that bring glory to God when half of them don't come? Part of them's in prison. Some of them are shacking up. Part of them are drunkards. Does that bring glory to God? Then we've set the wrong standard. We're assuming that God is blessing because we're such and such. God is not impressed with our buildings. God is not impressed with our attendance. God is not impressed with our clothing and our our architecture. God is impressed when individual Christians give glory to God and live for the glory of God and speak for the glory of God and do for the glory of God. You see, every Christian is to bring glory to God in his institution, the local New Testament church. You bring no glory to God if you do not attend. You bring no glory to God if you do not participate. Well, preacher, I'm here. You know when you have a funeral, the corpse shows up? How much better are you to this church than the last corpse I buried? If I ever preach a funeral and the corpse participate, I'm leaving. Immediately. Amen. God gets glory when members attend and participate and protect the integrity and the character of that through which he receives glory, the church. You say, well, I don't like that kind of preaching. That's what's wrong with our universities. That's what's wrong with the Democrats and Republicans and the independents and the rest of the politicians. I just thought I'd drop by. I've got five minutes. 
to tell you how Joshua Baptist Church can bring glory to God. Number one, we need to function like a body. 1 Corinthians 12 is very plain in Paul's description of the church. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 and, uh, and verse number 12, and please, if you'd look at it for just a moment, it's very important that our church functions like a body. In 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12, watch this. The Bible said, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. The church. Notice verse 14, please. For the body is not one member, but many. Please, if you'll note now, verse 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it has pleased him. Verse 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church. Could I please say this in passing? Joshua Baptist Church is not an organization. Joshua Baptist Church is an organism. Joshua Baptist Church is not the pews you sit on. Joshua Baptist Church is not the instruments that is played. Joshua Baptist Church is made up of living, breathing, feeling, hurting, joyous, born again individuals. You are what is right or wrong with our church. And if you are a member that is not participating or functioning, God gets no glory out of amputated, inactive, air conditioning sucking up kind of Christian unto him be glory how much glory is he getting out of your life do you understand the depth and the height and the length and the breadth of how much love it took to redeem you and me, 
a body that does not function, they put in the cemetery. And how many churches you drive by and the weeds are grown up. The windows are dirty. The buildings are empty. Well, some preacher failed. No, sir. Somebody failed. A failure of the body is a result of the failure of individual members. Unto him be glory in the church. Member exercise builds healthy members. Healthy members build healthy bodies. Healthy bodies brings glory to God. Is anybody still here? So that makes you important. Well, I just joined. That don't make any difference. So did TC. He just got here today. It's his first service. That's Thomas Cordell is who that is. That's the bald-headed fella laying in Andrew's wife's lap over there. Just got here. Ask me if he's important. Ask Andrew if he's important. By the way, the one who birthed you into God's family and now made you a part of his institution, the church, ask him how important you are. Amen and amen and amen. Secondly, we not only need to function as a body, we need to love like a family. I saw this here. I'm closing. You say you're lying again. No, I am closing. Paul was praying and said, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I used to sing a song till Mrs. Brown sang it. She ruined it for me. She did such a good job, I swore I'd never sing it again. The Bible said unto them that received him, to them gave him the power to become the sons of God. When I got saved, I became a member of God's family. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall see him and be made like him. Thank God I'm a family member of God's family. And we are to love each other 
like brothers and sisters in the Lord. Most churches remind me of the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Fussing, fighting, jealousy. Unto him be glory in the church. And we do that by functioning like a body. If you can sing, you ought to be in that choir. If you can sing here, you ought to sing there. Well, ain't nothing I can do. I got a bathroom in my office that I will show you firsthand on how to clean that booger if you want to serve. If you want to bring glory to God, you'll attend, you'll participate, you'll protect, you'll function, you'll love. I'm closing. And we should submit, submit like a kingdom. Colossians 1, listen. Colossians 1 and 23. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You see? God's kingdom is not a democracy. You don't get to vote. It's a theocracy. And it's kind of like that commercial I watched years ago when I was watching boot scooting music called the Grand Ole Opera. We used to have a commercial come on about chewing tobacco. Bull of the woods, horse, he's the boss. When you got saved, horse, he became the boss. You were ushered into God's family, baptized into God's church, the body of Christ, and translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Now, if there's a kingdom that necessitates a king, who's king at your house? Translated into the kingdom of God, if there's a kingdom that necessitates a king and that also necessitates a subject. The problem being the king in most of our lives is symbolic just like the queen in England. Symbolic, 
not sovereign. Thusly, we are members and do not have to serve. Thusly, we are members and we do not have to attend. Thusly, we are members that can do our own thing when we want to do it because he's not king. It's just symbolic. You say, Howard, I know that. This evening at 6.30, you will testify to that fact. And when you've got something else you feel like you need to do or want to do, instead of come to church, you'll pitch God's glory out the window because you are king, not him. And that brings no glory to God. Because as king, he should be sovereign. And as king, you should be subject. By the way, in closing, in John 2, early in Jesus' ministry, he had just transformed water into wine. And it blew the disciples away. And his mother gave us the best advice we'll ever hear. She said, whatsoever he saith, do it.